This morning we're going to continue with our uh, series, Coffee Mug Christianity. I trust you guys are enjoying this series, it's been a blessing to you. And uh, you know, being, you know, we've just had Women's Day, this is Women's Month, and so today's mug is a mug which you probably will not find on a man's desk, nor on a man's shelf. All right? And so what you're going to do to kind of be fair to the fairer sex, we're going to divide this message between a lady speaking and a gentleman speaking. Okay? But uh, we're going to start off with Tanya is going to introduce the topic and, and explain the passage. And then in the end, I'm going to bring in the manly side of this passage because there is a manly side to this passage. And I trust all of us are going to be blessed and encouraged this morning. Amen? Open your hearts and let's receive. Father, we thank you for your word this morning to touch our hearts, to increase our knowledge in you, Lord God, and to give us wisdom from above in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's welcome Tanya as she comes forward to bring the word. Good morning again. I feel like we've had church already. So we can just like pray, close, go home. Amen. So today we're wrapping up this series, and I believe the past few weeks have challenged us to evaluate how we are reading Scripture. Amen? That it's been a reminder that verses are not meant to be read in isolation, but that we need to understand them within their original context so that we know how we can apply them to our lives. And today's verse is no different. It's one that many love to quote. It's a verse that inspires many but the passage from which it comes from can be misused and can actually become a burden to many. So as was said, it's Women's Month and we obviously could not go by without addressing this passage. I'm sure by now you all already know what we're talking about. So today's message is called Strength and Dignity and we're talking about Proverbs 31. This title which is here on this beautiful mug Strength and dignity comes from verse 25, which says, she is clothed in strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. Now this verse, as well as verse 30, which says, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. These two verses are probably the most quoted verses regarding the Proverbs 31 woman. I think these are ones that you guys have heard multiple times. These are the verses that are typically found on mugs, on journals, on jewelry, all sorts of things. But I don't want to address these verses specifically. The cliche that I want to address today, that I want to clear up, is the cliche of the Proverbs 31 woman. Because this term, or this label, either inspires women or it breaks them down. Chapter 31 is either something that women look up to and aspire to live out, or it burdens them and fills them with guilt for not living up to it. So ladies, this morning, I want to clarify things for you. I want to unburden you. Because if you hear the term Proverbs 31 woman, you either respond positively or negatively. So if you're sitting here this morning, if you're watching online, if you're listening to this message at a later point, then I hope that at the end of this, you won't see this passage as an unrealistic expectation on you as a woman, 
but rather as something to be positively challenged by. I have some competition with the kids here, I see. <laughs> and men pay attention, even while I'm speaking, because although I'm talking to the ladies, there is things here for you too, because we're not just talking to the women today. So let's read this passage, Proverbs 31, verse 10 to 31. A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good and not harm all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is the, like the merchant ships bringing food from afar. She gets up while it is still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but the woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Reading all of this, it's easy to see how this can make women feel overwhelmed, right? I'm tired just from reading it. But before we get into that, let's just get a quick overview of the background of this passage before we dive into the content. As I mentioned last week, there are some questions that we need to ask when we read scripture in order to help us understand the meaning and the context. So to get some background here, we are going to answer some questions. We're going to answer who wrote it, who was it written to, what is it about, and why was it written? So who wrote it? We know that the majority of the book of Proverbs was written by King Solomon, but this chapter was written by King Lamuel. It's uncertain, though, who King Lamuel is. Some scholars believe that he was a king of a neighboring country, while others believe that this was actually just another name for King Solomon. Point is, we don't exactly know who King Lamuel is, but what we do know is that his mother inspired this writing. Verse 1 says, the sayings of King Lamuel, an inspired utterance his mother taught him. So it was written by King Lamuel, but it was inspired by the words of his mother. So who was it written to? Well, this was written to the younger generation, to those seeking wisdom. And specifically, this passage was probably aimed towards teenage boys to guide them in their search for a wife. So that kind of also answers the next question, what is it about? Verse 1 says that it was inspired by his mother. It's inspired utterance from his mother. In other words, this was advice 
that King Lamuel was given by his mother. It is what he learned from his mom about noble character in a wife. But keep in mind that the book of Proverbs is a collection of poems, all of which have a common thread, wisdom. It is translated from the Hebrew word chokmah, which means wisdom. It is the knowledge and ability to make right choices. In other words, wisdom is applied knowledge. So this chapter is an inspired utterance from his mother, which King Lamuel saw as wise advice about what to look for in a godly woman. And this also kind of answers the next question as to why it was written. A wise mother gave her son wise counsel, and he was then inspired to write about it so that others could learn from it. He wasn't going to keep that wisdom to himself. So this just gives us a basic understanding of the background of this passage. And now that we have this understanding, we're going to now look at how this passage has been used and how it should actually be used. Now, if you've been around church for a while or around Christian circles, then you would have some point been taught this passage. Ladies, you would have been told that this is an example of how you should live your life, how you should treat your husband and your children. It is a blueprint of a godly woman, and this is what you should try to achieve. And men, you would have been taught that this is what you should be looking for in a wife. On the surface, that's not bad. That's fine. I mean, it's in the Bible, so it obviously has value. It is about a godly woman, so it makes sense for us as women to want to aspire to be like her, and it makes sense for men to want to find a wife like her. But the problem comes in when we treat this passage, when we look at it as a checklist. It is a checklist of a godly woman, and in many cases, that is how it has been interpreted. Approaching it like that means that the list that we as women need to check off to be considered a godly Proverbs 31 woman looks something like this. She's the first to get up and the last to go to bed. She's the home chef, making sure that there are meals prepared for her family daily. She has to be good at sewing or is skilled in home economics. She makes her husband look good. She is resourceful. She runs a successful business. She helps the poor and needy. She is charitable. She dresses well and makes sure that her home is always in order. In other words, she takes care of her appearance and she is a homemaker. She doesn't worry because she is always prepared. She is never idle. She's always busy with something, some kind of work, and she loves it. She is highly accomplished at home and in business. She always speaks with wisdom and kindness. She gives wise counsel and sound advice. And she is a good wife and a good mother. And I want to point out with this last point that we need to keep in mind that being a wife or a mother is not something that every woman is going to be, whether by choice or by circumstances out of her control. Now understand, the items on this list are not bad. They're good. They're good things to aspire to, to want to achieve. But is it fair to expect all of that from one person all of the time? Is it fair to think that this is what a woman should be, what she should be doing in order to be considered a Proverbs 31 woman? 
See, when we approach this as a checklist, then this becomes a list that puts us as women down rather than lifting us up. Because this just seems like an impossible standard to achieve. Achieve some of these things, sure. Achieve all of them, no. I'm not Wonder Woman. It becomes a passage that actually burdens women, that can be discouraging, that can be threatening, and can feel like a weapon used against us when we feel like we are being compared to this list and coming up short. I understand that some women, emphasis on some, might be able to do it all, and they thrive on this passage, while others cringe every time they hear Proverbs 31 woman because they feel overwhelmed, they feel shamed. But surely that's not the intention of this passage, right? Surely the intention is not meant to make women feel guilty about not being able to live up to an impossible checklist. And surely it wasn't meant to be used by men to compare us to in order to determine whether we are worthy to be a wife. So if that is not the use of this, if, that is not a, if it was not meant to be used as a checklist, then how are we supposed to read this passage? Let's bring back to mind the fact that the theme of Proverbs is wisdom. The purpose of this book is to encourage us to seek wisdom, to help us develop practical skills for living well, to have us live wisely. Now, if that's the theme of the whole book of Proverbs, then this last chapter is no different. If wisdom is the essence, then why are we so focused on what the Proverbs 31 woman does? When we read this chapter, the tendency is to look at what she is doing, all that she accomplishes, rather than who she is. We're looking at this hardworking wife and mother, a seamstress, a cook, a homemaker, a successful businesswoman, a philanthropist, all rolled into one woman, and then we think, that's it. That's what I have to do in order to be a Proverbs 31 woman. But what if the doing is a result of being? The intention of Proverbs 31 is not her actions. It's not the activities of this woman, but rather who she is, her character, her being, who God created her to be. If we refer back to the opening line of this passage, verse 10, a wife, and I want to clarify here, the Hebrew word that wife is translated from is isha, which means wife or woman. So some translations of the Bible say a wife of noble character. Others will say a woman of noble character. And this morning I'm going to say a woman of noble character. Who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. See, a woman of noble character. That is a woman whose character is upright, is honorable, is good, honest, and virtuous. It's talking about who she is. And what she does flows out of who she is. See, her love for her husband and her children, her attention to detail, her skills, her ability, her hardworking nature, her preparedness, her charitability, her business savvy, these are fruits of her character. So what matters here is our character. 
when our goal is to live a life of wisdom, then we become a woman of noble character. The checklist of activities is not the goal, yet that is often what we focus on. But then we're missing the point. The point being made through the opening verse of verse 10, the question that he is asking, and then one of his closing remarks in verse 30. He starts off by asking a woman of noble character who can find. Then he goes on to talk about this woman of noble character, the things she does, but then he closes with this in verses 29 and 30. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord shall be praised. What makes the Proverbs 31 woman stand out from the rest of the women who are doing noble things? She fears the Lord. See, doing noble things is not the goal. Being noble is. And being noble is a result of a heart aligned with God's. What is in my heart is what matters. I could strive to do all those things that are listed, but if who I am is not in line with God's will, then those actions, they won't mean much because they're not coming out of an honorable place. If I was to give you a gift, a special gift, a really nice gift, in which scenario would it mean more to you? If I gave it to you because I had to, it was expected of me, or I gave it to you because I wanted to, it was a desire from my heart to give you this gift, which one will mean more to you? The first one or the second one? The second one. In both cases, the gift is appreciated. We like the gift, it's, it's a good thing. But the heart behind the giving makes a difference. In Proverbs 4.23, it says, guard your heart because everything you do flows from it. And that's, that's tying into what we're talking about here. Your noble character, what is in your heart, everything comes from that. So the Proverbs 31 woman is not a list of things to do in order to be, but really it is telling us who we should be and that in turn determines what we do. In becoming a noble woman, in being a woman who fears the Lord, one of our goals is to seek wisdom, to live wisely, to make wise decisions. And in becoming wise, we find ourselves making choices and doing things that are aligned with the Proverbs 31 woman. Not her actions, but her character. When we strive to live in wisdom, we will then become a woman who is wise and discerning who works hard, who stands apart from the world, who is trustworthy, dependable, resilient, and kind, loving and honoring, who prioritizes what is important, who is servant-hearted, who is respected, who has inner beauty, who is patient, who is generous, who is devoted, and who has strength and dignity. When we are seeking God and his wisdom, then in his grace, he enables us to live out wisdom. He helps us become who he has created us to be. And as we draw closer to him, as we deepen our relationship with him, these noble characters, these noble virtues begin to develop within us. 
And then when people look at us, look at our lives, look at how we are portraying ourselves, how we are behaving, they will look at us and say, that is a Proverbs 31 woman. Because she is a woman of noble character. She is a woman who fears the Lord. So ladies, may we be inspired by the Proverbs 31 woman. May we seek the Lord with all of our heart and desire his wisdom so that we can become women of noble character, of strength and dignity. Let's not worry so much about what this woman in this passage is doing, but focus on who she is. It's not about what we do that defines our worth. It is who we are becoming. Amen? Amen. So men, seeking the Lord and his wisdom applies to you as well. The principles of this passage apply to you as well. So let's wrap up this message now by seeing how you men should be approaching Proverbs 31. Amen. Ladies, are you blessed so far? Amen. Come on. Yes. Amen. Thank you, Tanya. Uh, I hope ladies, you are uh, understanding you know, there are many godly, listen, there are many godly women who cannot cook. Godly women who can't bake to save their lives. There are godly women who can't sew. They can't make their own garments and their own bedwear or whatever it is. Huh? And yet they are godly woman. There are Proverbs 31 women. You know why? Because of their character, of who they are. They compensate in other areas. I want you to understand this. Then there are those women, you know, who seem to be able to do most of the things in that checklist, but no single woman can do everything in that checklist. You're going to find out now why that is, all right? So that is the, the biblical version of Wonder Woman is right here in Proverbs 31. But what about us, guys? What about us men? And so, guys, I just want us to take a, a look at, at our side because we are in that passage as well. We've read it. And, of course, because we were thinking of, oh, this is for women, I'm sure none of us men actually listen to the parts of that passage which spoke to us. So here we go. Let me show you a couple of things about the guys. Number one, he trusts his wife. We read in Proverbs 31 11, her husband has full confidence in her. He trusts her. You see now, you can have this wonderful godly woman. I remember the verse says woman, um, but that woman then becomes a wife. And how many of you know that a wonderful godly woman, once she becomes a wife, she can be broken by her husband. And unfortunately, news is filled with sad things. I've had to come across many times in the counseling room. And so, guys, we have a responsibility. Yes, we all want a fantastic wife. What are we doing to make sure our wife, this wonderful woman we married, remains a wonderful woman that we married? And it's got to do with us. We have a lot to contribute. Of course, it goes both ways. But right now, let's see what it says. He trusts his wife. Many men in the ancient world treated their wives as little more than pieces of childbearing property. That's all they were. Childbearing property. And the prettier, the better. But they still treated them as property. But not this man. 
This man, for him, marriage was more than just pleasure and having children. It was about friendship, about fellowship, about trust, based on the foundation of reverence for God, fear of the Lord. He understood that this lady who's sharing life with me is created by God. She's a precious creation of God. And I've better look well after her. And, I, and she's precious to me. And I trust her. And so while they were dating, engaged, and now married, this man grounded their union in godly fear. You see, when, when, when you both fear the Lord... You can trust one another. A woman feels empowered in her household when her husband trusts her. She needs that trust to be all that God has designed her to be. Young men, herein lies the importance of choosing a godly woman for a wife. And not just a pretty face. Hmm? How many young men have gone for what is pleasing to the eye, but then the marriage fails because there is no trust, there is suspicion, there is envy, there is jealousy, and that ends up ruining what could have been a beautiful relationship. What else? Number two, he is respected. Proverbs 31, 23, her husband is respected at the city gate. You see, you earn respect when you give respect. You are respected when you respect others. And one of the reasons why this uh, woman is who she is, is because she feels that she's respected by her husband. She's not just a thing to him, not just a tool, nor a trophy. He sees her as a valuable person, and so he honors and respects her. She respects him because he respects her. And she and he respects her because she respects him. Their their mutual respect for each other reinforces their character and causes them to be noticed and appreciated and trusted. And if he sits... At the city gate, it's because he has been recognized as a wise man who can be trusted and respected. So men, are you noticed and seen as a wise man who can be trusted and respected? Part of that is reflected towards your wife. Respect her. Number three, he praises his wife. Verses 28 and 29 say, her children, her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband as well. He, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. All right? So it says that the children and the husband call her blessed. It says he praises her. What does he say to her? He says, hey, baby, many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. You are better than all of them put together. Now, which woman doesn't want to hear that from her husband? Huh? Come on. Why do the children call mommy blessed? Because they see daddy calling mommy blessed. And they are learning as well to value the woman of the house and to value women. Guys, you know, 
How many times have I heard men, even pastors, publicly, sometimes from the pulpit, crack a joke about their wives? And everybody laughs. <laughs> Except the wife. Except the wife. Listen, husbands, praise her. Praise your wife. Not just for what she does, but above all, for who she is, for her character and her strength. Strength is part of who she is, but a sense of dignity comes largely from the words she hears from the most significant person in her life. You, husband. You want a noble wife? Treat her as such. Brag about her to others. And above all, tell her, I am amazed at how little men tell their wives what they see and they think about them. It's amazing. They don't give words of appreciation. They appreciate them, but they don't say it. They keep it in. They make the funny remarks, they make the funny jokes, they crack a joke here and there, and it will break enough, but they don't say the things they appreciate about their wives. Come on, man. Let's praise them. Yeah. Women enjoy being appreciated, but above all, they enjoy being appreciated by their husband. You know, that man who knows their strengths and their weaknesses and still finds things in her to praise. Husbands, men, your praise counts a lot. And then number four, final one. He honors his wife. Verse 31 says, Honor her for all that, she, all that her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Listen, what the wife does has been noted by the wise rulers at the city gates. And she receives honor. The fruit of her labor, not just for, uh, from, for, for, from her husband, but from others as well. But, but leading the process, heading the process, is the husband. He's the first one to vouch for his wife and to brag on the things that she does and who she is. <laughs> and this is not vain, exaggerated bragging, but realistic report of who his wife is and what she has achieved. Husband, let us not lose opportunities to bring honor to our wives. Look for ways to honor your wife. It can be for, for her way with your children, or her housekeeping, or her business savvy, or her career accomplishments, or her charitable work, or her work of the Lord. Whatever it is, look for opportunities to honor your wife. Amen, men. Now, ladies, you might be thinking, well, so here we are. We've got this passage which kind of is held over us. What about you guys? Don't you guys have some Bible passages as well that we can talk to you about? Yes, you do. Psalm 112. I'm, I'm not going to read it. You guys can go home. Ladies, go home, read it. Go and read it to your husbands tonight, okay? But that psalm is for the men. Now, you see, usually when you read the Bible and we see the word man, we have a tendency to generalize. Oh, God is talking about mankind. And in many passages, that is true. 
and Psalm 112, just like this portion over here, can be applied to women as well. But that very first verse, which says, blessed is the man, it's the word from man. It's the word ish. Ladies, when sometimes you look at us and you go, ish. You're actually calling him by his Jewish word. Man in Jewish is ish. <laughs> now you know. Blessed is the man. That word sometimes is translated the husband, but that psalm is for the men. So here's the deal. Proverbs 31 talks about the woman. So yes, ladies, you should read it and aspire to, to be like her. And guys, you should read Proverbs 21 and look for a woman like her to marry. Nothing wrong with that. Then Psalms 112, man, guys, read it and aspire to be like that man. And ladies, look for a man like that to marry. Amen? In both cases, they both honor the Lord. Both of them are God-fearing. And if a God-fearing man and a God-fearing woman come together, good things are going to happen. Amen? Now, I'm just going to very quickly, as we close this, because, you know, we, we could do a whole mini-series on, on this chapter. But I'm going to pull back a little bit now. And, uh, you know, still staying within the context. But I'm going to pull right back and look at the book of Proverbs now. The book of Proverbs is a book about wisdom. If you look right in the beginning, you find it's a father talking to, her son, to, his, to his sons or daughters. And he's talking about wisdom. As you read the first few chapters of Proverbs, you realize that wisdom is being portrayed as a lady, a wise, strong lady. So in the book of Proverbs, wisdom is personified as a lady. But as you carry on reading Proverbs, you realize that this wisdom, this lady wisdom, is actually a, a metaphor for God and ultimately for Jesus Christ. And the fact is that the Bible says that Jesus, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Jesus has become our wisdom from God and the wisdom of God. So Jesus Christ is wisdom. And many scholars say that this, this Proverbs 21 woman is actually a picture of wisdom. And it is possible. You know, it says there in Proverbs 31 that she's more precious than rubies. Back in the day, rubies was very precious, about as, as, as precious as diamonds is for, uh, is for us today. And earlier in the book, it says wisdom is more precious than rubies. So yes, that passage could be seen as wisdom. Therefore, it means that if that is a metaphor for God, now you understand, ladies, why no one single lady can be everything that that passage is. Because if that is the wisdom of God portrayed, we are on our journey there, but we are not there yet. So there are many of those things that we can aspire. But here's the thing. If that is a picture of wisdom, then men, we better read that. Remember, that passage was written for us, actually. So not just read it to see how we, we must treat the ladies and how we sh what we should look for in a woman, but what we should find in ourselves. All those character traits of wisdom should be found in every man as well. 
And when a man and a woman read that passage or read the book of Proverbs and they begin to seek wisdom and those character traits, man, I tell you what, that is going to set up their lives on a beautiful path and on a beautiful journey. And you are both, as husband and wife, or even as a single man or a single woman, you're going to have a good life. You're going to avoid a lot of nonsense just by following that. You know what? We are on the path to become wise like Jesus. The Bible says when you see him, we shall be as he is. Amen? And so, and in the end, it says there that uh, she dresses herself in fine linen. In Revelation, it says that one day when we, when we come before Jesus, all God's people are going to be dressed in fine linen. On that day, we will have the wisdom that Jesus has. As we go into our future with Jesus, into the new heaven and new earth, we will have this quality. All of us, men and women, we're going to have this wisdom. We're going to have all those qualities. We're all going to be wonder women and supermen, okay? In Christ, amen? So keep this thing in mind. Yes, there's a lot you can do and become in this life, but this is also a process which is preparing us for eternity. Amen? Well, we're going to have communion now, so I'm going to ask the ashes to please distribute the uh, communion sets. And as we have communion, let's keep these things in mind. Imagine great multitudes of men, women, boys and girls feasting with Jesus, all dressed in fine linen. Let this passage inspire all of us, men and women, to seek Wisdom in this life. Remembering that the fear of the Lord, amen, is the beginning of wisdom. Men, let us give the women in our lives the respect and honor that the Lord affords them. And, and when I say the woman in our lives, it can be family, can be co-workers, Sisters in the faith, um, women we come across, I've got one, thank you. Women we come across in our daily lives, we need to respect them and honor them as God respects them and honors them. Amen? Women, women seek the Lord and use the Proverbs woman as your model. You don't have to do all the works that she does. Because we each and you each are gifted differently. There are some things you are gifted to do. Some things you are not. But you can all follow the example of her character. Because in Christ you can become that person. Men and women. Let us all seek to learn from Lady Wisdom. From Proverbs 31. Listen as I, as I read you a few quotes from the wisdom books about wisdom. Job said, quoting God and speaking to the human race, The fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to shun evil is understanding. The psalmist said, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. Solomon, son of David, 
King of Israel said, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Wisdom's instruction is to fear the Lord, and humility comes before honor. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, what you're going to do now is I'm going to pray for the elements, the bread and the wine, and then we're going to go into a time of worship. And as we do, you are free then during this time of worship to open and have your bread, have your wine. You might want to do it individually, as a couple, as families, doesn't matter. You just do it while we lead the church in worship. But before we do that, this mug is going to go to someone. And as you might have noticed as you came in this morning, the men did not get tickets. <laughs> because typically, as I said, you don't find the smug in men's discs, you know, pink and all, anyway. So, let's see who is going to be the lucky person. <laughs> Take one, one, got one. <laughs> okay, are you ready? There is a number two. And there is a number four. And it is 24. Who's number 24? There is a two, there is a four, there is a... Oh, is somebody in the mother's room? Run quickly. <laughs> you can run in through the back here if you want. Number 24. Ah, there you go. Penny. Congratulations. The Lord bless you. Amen. <laughs> God bless you. There you go. There's a, a Proverbs 31 woman for you. Huh? Amen. Let's give her a praise the Lord. I, I have the privilege of knowing a number of Proverbs 31 ladies. Women of character, hardworking women. Penny is one of them. I'm blessed to have two such women living under my roof. My wife and my daughter. And I really thank God for these two women, amen, and uh, for what they mean in my life. If it wasn't for that godly wife of mine, I don't know if I would be the man I am, okay? So uh, I thank God for them. Husbands, take time today to honor your wives and to speak out what is in your heart. Gracious, beautiful things. Hallelujah. Let us all stand and hold your, the elements in your hands as we pray. Father, we thank you for your love for all of us. And as we pause now, Lord, to remember what Jesus did for us on the cross. Oh, Lord Jesus, you have become for us the wisdom of God and the wisdom from God. I pray, Lord, that you help us to grow in wisdom as women to become godly women Proverbs 31 women as men to become godly men Psalm 112 men help us to all of us as men and women to grow in wisdom to treat one another 
with wise remarks, wise actions, wise attitudes, wise words. And thank you, Lord, that you have opened up the way for us. This is possible, Lord, as, as, as far-reaching as it might seem, as impossible as it might seem. Because of Christ in us, we can become those men and those women. Boys and girls can grow up to be men and women of character and of strength and of wisdom. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So we thank you for this bread. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your broken body. Thank you for bringing healing, Lord God, and restoration to many bodies. Thank you for the wine reminding us of your blood. Thank you for the forgiveness of sins, Lord. That no matter what stupid choices we may have had in the past, today in Christ, we can be forgiven. And so we say, Lord, forgive us. Thank you for your forgiveness, Lord. And help us going forward, Lord, to make wise choices, wise decisions, Lord. To get rid of our chains, to leave them behind, Lord. And to move on with you. We remember all this, Lord, and we believe for all this as you partake in communion today. Amen. In Jesus' name.